Welcome to Know Your Foe on Colts.com, an in-depth look at the upcoming matchup. Here are your hosts, Casey Vallier and former Colts wide receiver, Bill Brooks. Welcome back to another episode of Know Your Foe right here on Colts.com. I'm your host, Casey Vallier, joined as always by Colts Ring of Honor wide receiver, Bill Brooks. The Colts have their final road game of the season, and it comes against the New York Giants on New Year's Day. And to help us get up to date on all things Giants, we are joined by Patricia Trena of GiantsCountry.com in association with SI.com and also the host of Locked on Giants podcast. Patricia, thank you so much for the time. How are you? I'm doing well. Happy holidays, guys. Ah, Thanks. Happy holidays as well to you. Now, I want to start with the Giants with the guy who was under center in Daniel Jones. He had his fifth-year option declined by this team, and here in Indianapolis we aren't really sure how all that has unfolded because, you know, we're in the AFC, so things have been a little different for him. But a new coaching staff comes in. You're not really sure what his long-term future is for the Giants, but it seems like he's kind of steadied that ship here in 2022. Talk about the play of Daniel Jones and kind of what the expectations are moving forward after they did decline his option for next year. Yeah, Daniel Jones came in – after four, uh, three years in the league, people still didn't know what he brought to the table. He was a turnover machine. You know, he had gone through multiple offensive systems, multiple head coaches. He never really had a solid receiving core. His offensive line was, was a problem. You know, the only thing he really had going for him was a running game. And even that was kind of uh, up in the air because Saquon Barkley was always injured right. for the last couple of years. So they brought in Brian Dable from Buffalo. He had been the Buffalo offensive coordinator, worked wonders with Josh Allen up there. They brought in Mike Kafka, a former NFL quarterback from Kansas City, who learned under Andy Reid, of course, and and who worked with Patrick Mahomes. And together, the two of them developed this system for Daniel Jones that fits what he does well. And basically, it was starting over for Daniel Jones. So he has cut down on his turnovers. I think he is tied for, like, the lowest – interception rate in the NFL. They have made better use of his legs to extend plays as well as on the RPOs and zone reads. He has made much, much better decisions. You don't see him throwing the ball and saying to yourself, what are you doing? You know, so he's made better decisions like that. He's improved in the red zone. And I think the biggest improvement for him is his feel in the pocket. There were times, many times in the last three years where the pass rush would come at him and uh, he would just stand there, uh, totally oblivious as to what was going on around him because he was trying to find a receiver and he would lock in on a receiver. Well, now he is doing a better job at feeling the rush and moving out of harm's way. So a lot of little improvements have added up in his game. And I think the future for him now is I do think the Giants are going to want him back. Um, will they have competition for him? That remains to be seen. There are a lot of teams out there that could use the quarterback. And, um, you know, Jones might have some suitors out there. So it'll be interesting to see if the Giants can bring him back. But I think it would behoove him to come back, spend another year in the system, and really solidify his uh, presence as an NFL starting quarterback and show that this year just wasn't a one-hit wonder. Well, Patricia, you know, a player that is having a good season on the Giants offense is Saquon Barkley. And actually, it's one of his best seasons that he's having in his career. He is fourth in the NFL in rushing yards and is leading the Giants in receptions. In your opinion, has he been the most complete back in the league this season? I think he's definitely up there. I think, you know, again, this new offensive system that Dable and Kafka developed 
has taken advantage of what Saquon Barkley does well. I mean, one of the things that was really frustrating in the past with Barkley is that coaching staffs would constantly pound him up the middle. They wouldn't really, you know, make much of an effort to get him into space. Well, that has changed with this system. So they're, you know, doing more misdirections and, you know, getting him out into space and whatnot. Uh, they're not really taking as much advantage of him as a receiver as they did, you know, as the team did back in his rookie season when he had, I think, over 100 targets. Yeah. So that's a little surprising. But Barkley is healthy. He's running with confidence. You know, he was determined at the start of the year to show that he put all the injury woes and whatnot behind him. And he is just looking like a machine out there. And he's another guy that I think the Giants are going to want to bring back. Uh, whether or not they're able to do it remains to be seen because I suspect he's going to be want, to, want to be paid like the highest paid running back in the league. Now, Patricia, I want to move to the wide receivers. And when you look at the wide receiver group on the field for the Giants, they are not household names. But Richie James, Darius Slayton, and Isaiah Hodges have been good enough to help this offense this season. How have they been able to do this with this group? Pretty much by playing within their their skill sets. And by that I mean, you know, the Giants, if you watch them, they don't really throw deep down the field. You know, even though Darius Slayton is capable of stretching the field, you don't see a lot of passes down the field. So what the coaches have had these guys do is a lot of, you know, crossers, underneath routes and whatnot. And these are the types of routes that these guys have excelled with. So, you know, that and then, you know, interestingly with Hodgins, who was a guy that they picked up off uh, waivers midway through the year, I asked head coach Brian Dable about that. I said, what has he done to quickly, you know, look like he's been in this offense all his life? Besides the fact that obviously he did play for this offense when Dable was in Buffalo and, the, and Hodgins was in Buffalo. But he told me that the, that the receivers, that Hodgins included, they get with Daniel Jones after practice, during practice and whatnot, and they try to see things through his eyes so that when they're running their routes, they know what Daniel's looking at, they have an idea of what he's thinking, and they can adjust accordingly. We're talking with Patricia Trainer, who's uh, part of the GiantsCountry.com in association with SI.com. Before we switch over to the defense, I want to kind of touch on the offensive line. The last couple of years, they spent some top 10 picks on guys like Andrew Thomas in 2020. He's a really good left tackle. And Evan Neal this past year, I know he's had his ups and downs as rookies typically go. But when you look at these two guys in place with this offense now and then moving forward, how beneficial is it to have those two cornerstones on the sides? Oh, very beneficial. I mean, the Giants, for the longest time, their offensive line has been a weak link. And, uh, you know, Andrew Thomas, you got to give credit to him because he has played with a, seemingly a different left guard every year, it seems like, especially this year, you know, with the injuries to left guard. He's had a different guy next to him, which is, can't be easy. Um, as far as Evan Neal goes, you know, I think what a lot of people forget when they look at, you know, how he's struggling now is this young man had a knee injury earlier in the year, right. which cost him a few games. And, you know, his technique, I think, you know, was was interrupted. The work they were doing with him on his technique got interrupted. And then there's certain things that he's doing to compensate because I question whether his knee is 100% at this point. So I think he's going to get better. You know, we saw that with Andrew Thomas. When he first came into the league, he was a walking disaster. You know, everybody was like, my God, the Giants totally missed off. Guy, and then lo and behold, he settled down. 
he got healthy and and he became a cornerstone at left tackle. And I think Andrew, uh, I think Evan Neal is headed towards that same direction. Just has to settle down, get into a technique that he can get comfortable with, and also get healthy from that knee injury. Now, flipping over the defensive side of the ball, sticking with the youth, they used a first-round pick this year for Kayvon Thibodeau, arguably one of the most players with the biggest upside in this previous year draft. How has he looked through his rookie season to this point? Yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau started off the season uh, missing a couple games. He had that that preseason knee injury, yeah. but he came back and uh, and initially he you know he looked like he was still kind of feeling his way around, needed to adjust to the speed of the game. But over the last several weeks, he has really come on and he's been a disruptor. You know, people will look at his numbers and say, "Oh, his sacks aren't eye popping. They're not you know Aiden Hutchinson like or or uh, Michael Parsons like." But if you look at the film, you can see just how disruptive this young man is and how he opens up things for other people. And his presence, what that has done is that has created a pick-your-poison type of scenario for opposing offenses because now it's like, okay, do you double up this guy? Do you double up Ojulari on the other side? Do you double up Dexter Lawrence? Do you double up Leonard Williams? So the Giants, for the first time in in years, have an absolute viable pass rush and Thibodeau is a big, big part of that. And not only is he good with the pass rush, but he's learning how to play the run a lot better than he did earlier in the season. Now, Patricia, you mentioned uh, Dexter Lawrence, and he's playing very well and has benefited from Don Martindale's defensive scheme. He's having a career year in sacks, tackles, QB hits, and he was also selected to the Pro Bowl this year. Why has he excelled in this defensive scheme under Don Martindale? I think one of the things Don Martindale did with Dexter Lawrence, it's funny because it's something that I had hoped that they would eventually do one day. They moved him more towards the nose tackle position. You know, in the past, he wasn't, you know, I, I always wondered why the coaching staff didn't play him more in, in the middle because I thought, you know, given his size, given his, his skill set, he would be a fit there. Well, he's played a lot more in the middle and uh you know he's he's been able to take advantage of some of the matchups he's gotten in the middle so between that and also you know Dexter Lawrence is a guy who uh just constantly constantly working at his craft constantly you know studying going to coach Martindale with ideas and stuff so there's just such a good communication there and Martindale's like that with all his defensive players you know he encourages them to come to him with ideas and you know what works they'll incorporate and what doesn't doesn't but I think the the biggest thing with Dexter has been uh you know getting him in the middle over the nose and and also you know at that uh one technique where whereas in the past he wasn't really doing that as much now I want to move to the secondary. Adoree Jackson has missed the last five games due to an injury, and as we speak, there's a possibility he could play this Sunday. If he is able to play, what will his presence on the field mean for the Giants' secondary? Oh, it'll be huge. Adoree Jackson, before his injury, was their number one cornerback. You know, after the Giants had to trim James Bradbury off the roster because of salary cap issues, Adoree Jackson took on the number one role, and he played it well. He really did. So the Giants have definitely missed him um, while he's been out. You know, that some of these top receivers that they've had to go up against. And just look at last week, you know, when they faced Justin Jefferson. I mean, Justin Jefferson had over 100 receiving yards. You know, you put a Dory Jackson on him, maybe, just maybe you hold him to under 100. So, you know, it's good that they're getting 
Jackson back, um, especially now with uh, you know a playoff, a potential playoff berth on the line if they win one of their last two games. And you know, I think what's going to happen with Adoree if he plays this week, and you know, as you mentioned, there's a very good possibility he might. I could see him being on a pitch count for this week, and then we'll just see how it goes. And you know, because he's been limited in practice these last two days, so I think you know it makes sense to put him on a pitch count. Let him, you know, get his sea legs back underneath him and then just get him ready for the playoffs if the playoffs just happen to, you know, come. Well, final couple things with the Patricia. That's kind of where I want to go. I want to start with Brian Dable in his first year as the coach of the Giants. We've seen up and downs from, especially lately, we had what we had in Jacksonville and Denver with their first-year coaches. But then also we have seen guys that have taken it in stride, and Brian Dable is definitely one of those. What have you seen out of him in his first year in New York? Consistency has been the biggest thing. You know, the big thing with a, with a first-year head coach, I think, is how do they respond in the good times and how do they respond in the bad times? Yeah. You know, when adversity hits, does the locker room splinter or does the head coach manage to keep the locker room together? So the Giants, they've had their share of adversity. You know, they, they had that period uh, coming out of the bye week where they, they lost, uh, I think they went 1-3-1, and one, if I'm not mistaken, over that, that period. And uh, suddenly... You know the the talk of the town because they had gotten off to that six and two start in the in the beginning of the year. Suddenly it was like uh, same old Giants. Here we go again. But every week Dable pre- preaches the same message, which is don't worry about tomorrow, don't worry about next week, worry about today, win today, and just keep stacking the good days on top of one another. You know he's encouraged the players to you know have each other's backs. He's um, kept an open door with these guys. You know, yes, he'll yell at them. You know, I, I did a story on how he can sometimes pop off at them, but they understand where he's coming from. He has been authentic. He's been upfront with these guys, and I think they respect him and his program. And uh, like I said, that has carried them through, especially through the uh, bad times that they've had to endure. Now, final thing, we haven't really mentioned the elephant in the room, but the Giants can clinch a playoff berth of victory over the Colts this weekend. So I want to go back to the expectations for this team before the year and then where they are now. And if they get into the playoffs, what are the expectations for how long they're in the playoffs this year? Well, I mean, to be honest with you, I'm not so sure a lot of people outside of that building thought that this team was going to be a playoff team. <laughs> I can tell you that I didn't. Um, I, did think they, I did think they were going to be better than they were last year. Matter of fact, I think I predicted their record would be 8-9. Eight, eight and nine. So right now I'm pretty close to, <laughs> yeah. close to that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, uh, the playoffs, you know, the Giants have kept things close against some pretty good football teams. They've also had some some teams that they played that haven't been as good. So that's what I talk about with consistency. You know, they haven't really blown anybody out. And then, of course, they've gone up against the likes of the Eagles, who absolutely destroyed them. You know, uh, the Detroit Lions managed to destroy them. Dallas has destroyed them. So, you know, they're not quite there yet. When I mean there, I mean in the upper tier, right. if you will, of the NFC. That being said, they're getting some very valuable experience. They're getting some very valuable confidence that this program is headed in the right direction. And if they do get to the playoffs, I think, you know, I don't know that they'll necessarily go far. It depends on really who they're going to draw. Right. If they draw the Vikings, I think maybe they could potentially stand toe-to-toe with the Vikings. If they draw the 49ers, 
I don't know that they have the uh, the gas to cross the finish line, so to speak. But uh, listen, you know, nobody, like I said, outside of the building thought that they would get to this point. And this is, you know, I, I, people are going to slam me for saying this, but this is house money. They are playing with house right. money. And this is a good building block for them because, you know, in the future, when they have to recruit free agents and whatnot or convince their own guys to stay, they can say, hey, look, look at what we were able to do. Can you imagine what we could do with you on board next year and and, in year two of the offensive system and defensive system? Well, there you go. Definitely be fun to watch this team down the stretch. Patricia Traina of GiantsCountry.com in association with SI.com, also the host of Locked on Giants podcast. Patricia, thank you so much for the time and enjoy the game and Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you guys. The final road game of the season for the Colts as they travel out east to take on the Giants on New Year's Day. The season finale next week and the Colts come back home and they host the Houston Texans. But before that, as we mentioned, it's the Colts and Giants from MetLife Stadium on Sunday. For Bill Brooks, I'm Casey Vallier. Enjoy the game and go Colts. Go Colts!